Okay, let's get it. Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. Glad to have you aboard with us here. You can catch me every week afternoon, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, TV simulcast on Cox Sports Television, and right here on the Locked on LSU podcast. You'll hear from a former LSU quarterback, Rohan Davey, and some interesting comments from ESPN's Paul Feinbaum putting some context around Ed Ogeron, actually calling him the best LSU coach in a generation. You'll hear those comments with context, and I'll uh, elaborate coming up a bit later in the show. Uh, SEC coaches teleconference every Wednesday morning, a couple of tidbits from Ed Ogeron. He said that this is the healthiest LSU's been. Um, Terrace Marshall is the only player expected to miss the game because of injury, so Marshall out against Mississippi State. He did update Tyler Shelvin and Donovan Campbell, saying both of them dealt with slight injuries but uh, should be good to go for this week in Starkville. A couple of other things that Ed Ogeron was asked, namely sort of about the offense, and oddly he was asked if some of the depth they've developed on defense has kind of allowed him this comfort to play the style of offense they have. Uh, well, you know, man, it really didn't have nothing to do with it. Uh, and uh, we want to play great defense. We, we don't want to give up the points we give them. We want to get better. Uh, in order to have this type of offense, uh, we needed to score more points uh, to bring a championship to Baton Rouge. And uh, that's the reason we did it. And uh, obviously it helps us in recruiting. Uh, it's working right now. It's, a, it's an offense I really like. It's an offense that uh, some other schools I've been to, the passing game is very familiar. And we can also run the ball. We're 50-50 running the football right now. So it's an offense here to stay stay in Baton Rouge. We've got to keep the same coaches, get great quarterbacks, get great receivers, and the offensive line got to play well. Maybe the key part of that answer was keep the same coaches. There's been so many questions about Joe Brady, his future. Will LSU be able to keep Joe Brady in the face of what will probably be a lot of suitors? That tells you where Ed Ogeron's priority is. It's keeping Joe Brady on this staff. And I I find it very hard to believe a situation would arise where Joe Brady would leave LSU for another coordinator job. I He's he's already got the title of passing game coordinator. I don't think LSU would hesitate to make Joe and Steve co-OCs and give Joe a raise if that's what it took. If Ed Ogeron wants to keep this staff intact, the only way that doesn't happen is if somebody makes Joe Brady a head coach or if he wants to go back to the NFL. Essentially, if someone comes and offers him something, LSU can't. And that would either be a head coaching job or the NFL. But we will see what Joe Brady's uh, allure is. I wish, candidly, we had an opportunity to speak to Joe Brady, but uh, those opportunities have been few and far between and actually zero since the season started. But we'll keep pushing for that. The other thing that Ed Ogeron talked about that has become somewhat uh, intriguing is Cade York. The freshman place kicker has now missed a couple of field goals. He missed one in the opening drive against Florida, which uh, had the opportunity to get LSU on the board right away. He missed. Um, And you start to wonder, hey, you were so good with Cole Tracy a year ago. Do you have any lingering questions there with Cade York now? Here's what Ogeron said. Technique. All about technique. You know, And the more experience he's got, he's been phenomenal at practice. I do believe that, you know, going out there in front of a big crowd as a freshman, it's the first time him doing it. Uh, we feel like he's going to be a great kicker. Just got to do it more with him. The other part of it, too, is you really don't have another viable option that you trust. So, Cade York for now is that guy, and he's 7 of 9 on field goals, and he's 40 of 41 on extra points. So, he's missed one PAT, but just two field goals. One of them was a long field goal. 
The one against Florida was one that he absolutely should have made. Um, you know, his misses right now, the, the, again, the miss from 53, I believe it was, a couple of weeks ago, um, and then the miss this past week against Florida was inside of 50. So uh, that's one that obviously they expect Cade York to make, and here's hoping he will, but at the same time, I don't know that they have other options right now at that spot. So Cade York will continue to be that guy. All right, it is Locked on LSU, your team every day. We'll knock out a break, come back. Former LSU quarterback Rohan Davey visits with us uh, about a variety of topics, including why Thad Moss has all of a sudden become very involved in the offense. That's next, Locked on LSU, your team every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We continue Locked On LSU, your team every day. Glad to have you hanging out with us here. Uh, Each week we have a chance to visit with former LSU quarterback Rohan Davey. Uh, This week we talked about a variety of topics. The entire interview, about 30 minutes. You can go listen to it uh, in its entirety on demand at 1045ESPN.com. Click On Demand, you'll see the Rohan Davey interview under After Further Review. But uh, this is about a a seven-minute excerpt, and we discuss a lot of different things. We discuss avoiding the letdown. We discuss Rose's feelings about what receiver he'd like to see get more involved, why Thad Moss has become a bigger part of the offense uh, over these past couple of weeks. But I started by talking to Rose about on the offensive line, which it appears as though with uh, Dare Rosenthal, uh, taking first-team reps, that uh, and Sadiq Charles III, like they're going to be without Sadiq Charles again this week. So we talked with Roe about that and the change at left tackle going into this game in Starkville. Um, I think this week it, we should be okay. You know, there, there, there are things you can do to help on the tackles. There's a lot of things you can do to help with these tackles and slow down pass rush nowadays, but uh, – I would like to see Charles out there, especially um, with what we have coming up going forward. Now, if it's something where he just needs to rest and, and they don't, it's something precautionary or whatever it may be, then you know they know best. But uh, that's a that's a step down, in my opinion. What do you think about instead of playing Rosenthal at left tackle? if you put Adrian McGee at left tackle and you put Ed Ingram at left guard? Let me tell you, I'm not on on board with Adrian McGee as my left tackle. Okay. You'd prefer prefer Um, Rosenthal there? Yeah, I would. Okay, why? Um, Just longer arms, um, quicker feet in his kicks. Um, That's just my opinion from what I've seen. Um, I think that... um, Adrian is a is a guard. I think he's a true guard, and so that's that's just what I would think. I'd much rather have Rosenthal there and help him out with a back or something, chipping to help him. Is there anybody else with Terrence or with uh, Terrace Marshall still out? Anybody else you'd like to see get reps or get more involved in the offense? 
Sullivan. In what I role? I like to see him, well, more in the exploit in the middle of the field deeper because of his catch radius. And and I'm and I am talking about somewhat of like in a tight ends role, especially when we get from say thirty on in. I think he could become a huge weapon in the red zone for us. And I just think that that's that's one of the players I think we figured out his little niche yet because it, it can be times where he's just a matchup problem for everything. And I like to see him just in more little matchups. And and trust me, Matt. I mean, I'm nitpicking at this because of how awesome how awesome awesome, excuse me, we've been on offense. But if there's one thing that I would like to see is him on a little bit more isolation and exploit his physical ability a little bit more. You also mentioned in the last segment, you know, Thad Moss kind of getting into his yeah. rhythm, which which he has. I think he had three catches the other day, five yeah. the previous game. What's what's me what do you see there with Joe and Thad? And then maybe kind of a follow up there as well, you know, how you and obviously Robert Royal had a great uh had a great rapport there in uh, in 01. Well, the first thing you see with that is Moss is he's aggressive when the ball is in the air. And so as a quarterback, you know that, okay, this guy's going to go up and fight for it. He's not just going to let somebody take it from him. And then that crossing pattern that he caught the ball on, he, man, he did a good job of sticking, staying high, but then he does the one thing that they coach those guys to do, which is lose one. And by saying lose one, I'm talking about, if they tell you to go to 15 yards, you go to 15. But now when you break your route inside or out, you step down one yard to keep that defender behind you. So lose one means now you go from 14 to 13 or 15 to 14. You're just going down one yard. And he did that perfectly to, to even open up separation more. And it gave Joe just a, you know, a better angle, a better pass, a better angle for him to drop that ball in there. And he knows that Thaddeus Moss is a yak guy. I mean, the yards after catch. You know, he's catching it. He's going to fight for every yard. It's, it's rarely that the first guy is going to take him down unless they're draped all over him. And everyone and everyone wants that. As a quarterback, honestly, you want your tight end to be your matchup problem because normally it's him on a linebacker, and the tight end should always win that. So we as quarterbacks look at that as, you know, the ultimate matchup or – if you have, you know, someone like a, a Kevin Falk on a on a linebacker or a Dominique Davis on a linebacker, you know what I mean? Uh, that's another matchup that you you know going into the game, I got that. So it's the same thing with Mars, same thing, same thing it was with Robert Royal. I knew going into games, I got that. Rob gonna win against whoever. I got that. And that's the same way it seems like that Joe's getting around to know, okay, bad guy. That's my that's my ace in the hole on every player's stat. You know what I mean? Because he's going to beat the safety, and he he's too physical for the safety, and he's going to run away from the linebacker. And that's just that's the kind of rapport I, I kind of see happening with them now. He's Rohan Davey, former LSU quarterback. One more thing: How does LSU this week? The the big conversation is how do you avoid against the letdown? Right? You you go you have a big home win. Now you got to go to Starkville next week. You're at home against Auburn, which will be massive again. So right. what's What's the challenge here? How do you avoid the letdown? That's why them coaches get paid them big bucks. That's why you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow with self-focused and has a goal in mind. And you find things within what you haven't done the last week in the last game, and you press that stuff home, man. You press it home, and you nitpick at every little thing 
that could cause you to lose this game. You bring up every little fact, no matter how minute it may be, and you put it up on the bulletin board so these guys aren't drinking their own Kool-Aid. You bring up whatever negative that you can find, and you bring that up as a coach and, and exploit that. And as the leaders of the team, they got to know that, yeah, this is possibly a trap game. We on pace for a great season. We're not going to let this happen. The Delpits. We're not letting this happen. The Joe Burrows. We're not letting this happen. The Clyde Ellis Lairs. We're not letting that happen. So you rely on those guys, the Lawrences, to take ownership of what's going on and what they can have this season and not lose focus of that. And they understand that. And it starts with the head man, Coach Ed Ogeron. He understands that. And he's not going to let complacency set in with this team, especially not right now. You think they cover the 19? That's the spread? 19. Yeah, man, they're going to run them boys out the field, man. <laughs> you don't worry at all about letdown spot, Mississippi State, maybe trying to bounce back nah. after an embarrassing loss to Tennessee? Nope. <laughs> we go in there and do what we're supposed to do and keep Joe clean. We're going to run them out there on the stadium. I'm not worried about that. He's uh, Rohan Davey. Uh, I posted last week on uh, on YouTube your clip whenever you said Joe's going to tear him up. Talking about Florida? Man, yeah. a lot of Florida people didn't like that too much, man. What happened, though? <laughs> Joe tore him up. <laughs> Joe tore him up. <laughs> I'm telling you. Listen. It's one thing to love to cheer for your team. That's fine. You know, you cheer for your team. But reality is reality, man. You knew it was going to happen. They weren't going to get pressure on Joe. Joe was going to eat that secondary up, man. There was some guy. Same thing going to happen this week. Wrapping up another edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. Glad to have you aboard with us. Uh, Something that was said on ESPN's Get Up on Tuesday by Paul Feinbaum is getting an awful lot of attention up. just setting it up, Paul Feinbaum is on on set there with uh, L. Duncan, Marcus Spears, and Dan Orlovsky. And they're talking about LSU and how they compare to other playoff contenders. And this is what Feinbaum interjects. You know what I find so interesting, Marcus, is Uh-oh, he finna kill Ed Ogeron. Here's a guy that not a single major college in America wanted anything to do with. What did LSU want three years ago? They wanted Jimbo Fisher. They went after him hard, and they nearly got him. They came that close, but Jimbo decided to get ask for some more money. So Les Miles survived. The next year, they went after Jimbo again. They begged Tom Herman, and they got stuck with Ed Ogeron, who's the best coach they've had there in a generation. The best coach they've had there in a generation. So that is going. that has gotten a lot of people's attention. I don't know how Paul Feinbaum would define a generation, but realistically, I think everyone can understand that Nick Saban is the greatest coach that has ever coached in college football, in my opinion. I would take Saban over Bear Bryant, over Newt Rockney, over Bud Wilkinson, over you name it. it. Generational gaps aside, no coach has wanted a greater clip in a more competitive time in college football than Nick Saban with scholarship limits, with roster limits, now with a college football playoff. The guy's the best college football coach ever. So I, I, maybe there's a bit of hyperbole there with Paul, but his point remains, at this point, what Ed Ogeron has done so far through half of the 2019 season is remarkable. The, the thing ultimately that will define his time in Baton Rouge, though, 
is ability to win the big game and if he wins championships. It's it's interesting. Last night, there, I don't know if you've watched, but there's a series running on the SEC Network, uh, Saturdays in the South, the history of, LSU, of uh, SEC football. And it's an eight-part series, and it's a two-hour, you know, eight different two-hour uh, documentaries. And they started with the inception of the league, and that they've kind of gone generationally. Then now they're into the you know the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, and there's one more episode. And uh, last night, this week, they aired the episode of the two thousand, starting with two thousand and running through you know two thousand nine. That sort of era where the SEC asserted itself, and LSU wins the 03 title, then. You know, three teams win titles in four years with Florida, LSU, Florida, and then Alabama. And it sort of ushered in this this era where the SEC was dominating. But you know, ultimately, the point is this era is judged by your ability to win championships. But what was interesting is in 2003, when Nick Saban won that title in Baton Rouge, it reset the standard in Baton Rouge, where it was no longer – really exciting to get to a double-digit win season. You know, in 1996, Jerry DiNardo won a Peach Bowl and got to 10-2, and two and people were outside of their minds. But, you know, the the memory of six straight losing seasons was not that distant. Now you've seen LSU win a couple of national titles. They played for one in, you know, in, in 2011, and this losing streak to Alabama hasn't set well. And ultimately, with Ed Ogeron and any coach beyond Ed Ogeron, whenever his time as LSU's head coach comes to an end, hopefully many, many, many years from now and many championships aside, will be your ability to win championships, which is a standard that's been set and I think is a good standard. To call Ed Ogeron the best LSU coach in a generation, I, I think is misleading because the two men that preceded him both won national titles. And the sincere hope is that Ed is able to do that. Now, Ed has already done, done something that his predecessor, Les Miles, wouldn't do which is work to modernize the offense. And it took three different systems through three different seasons to find, finally find what looks like that magic potion, those magic ingredients. But here they are now halfway through the 2019 season with the best offense in college football. Now, it is worth noting that after Feinbaum made that comment, he did follow up with this. Here's the thing, though, recruiting aside, all anyone wants to know when it comes to the SEC West is, can LSU take down Alabama? You are correct. And, and, and Dan, I love your enthusiasm. Marcus, I know you too well. Um, but, but we were here a year ago, and I don't want to rain on this parade because I love it too, but a year ago, LSU looked different, and they hosted Alabama in a one-versus-three matchup, and they got skunked. 28 to nothing. So until they beat Alabama, all of this generational stuff, Damn you, fine ball. save it. It is curious that he says all the generational stuff, save it, but he was the guy that used the word, he's the, the phrase, he's the best coach LSU's had in a generation. But ultimately, the best coach that LSU's had in a generation is Nick Saban, who is the best coach in the history of college football and the standard by which all coaches presently in the SEC and all future LSU coaches will be and should be judged. But Ed Ogeron in a few weeks is going to have a shot to take down uh, the giant elephant in Tuscaloosa. And for the first time in a long time, that game actually has some intrigue because I don't think there's anybody in college football that thinks LSU is going to Tuscaloosa and getting shut out. So which mighty offense will prevail in Tuscaloosa? We'll find out in about three weeks. In the meantime, LSU's getting ready for Mississippi State. This is the Locked on LSU podcast. Put a button on it here. We appreciate you for being with us. Uh, please Rate the podcast on iTunes. Leave a uh, uh, leave a, a rating if you would. Uh, that's all just um, 
uh, or a review, all of that is massively helpful. So thank you very much to everyone, and subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so yet. On tomorrow's episode, uh, we will hear from uh, Ed Ogeron after his uh, coaches show as LSU continues to move through their practice weekend ready for Mississippi State in Stark, Vegas. Until then, this is Locked in LSU, your team every day.